0: Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen.
1: Take your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. I want to remind you that Monday night prayer resumes tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Please be here, join with us. Let's be a part of what God's going to do. And then our 21 days of Daniel fast begin next Sunday, January 10th, and run through January 31st, the end of the month. Fasting and prayer is one of the most powerful things you and I can do as believers to see God's hand move in our life. So next week there will be a handout for you where you'll have some instruction, direction regarding fasting. And then there will be a place where you can write down the things you're praying for. So that every day while you're fasting, you can read through that list of prayer requests and begin lifting before the Lord. And I believe at the end of January, we're going to have many, many, many praise reports of what God has done because of this 21 days of fasting and prayer. So plan to be a part of that. Wednesday evening services resume this week as well. 7 o'clock, all ministries will be meeting in adult Bible study right here in the sanctuary. This Wednesday, 7 o'clock. How many of you guys are so glad the holidays are open? Let me qualify that. The holidays are over because you don't have to watch another Hallmark Christmas movie. Amen? Anybody with me on that? I tell you, though, to be honest, I get some of my best sleep when my wife is watching those silly movies. How about you? Hey, you know the difference between a Hallmark movie and a Lifetime movie? In a Hallmark movie, the woman meets the man of her dreams, falls in love, and they live happily ever after. In a Lifetime movie, by the way, you know Lifetime is the I Hate Men channel, right? You know that, right? Right. In a Lifetime movie, the woman meets the man of her dreams, falls in love, they get married, and then she murders him. So if you have to watch them, watch Hallmark. They have a happy ending every time. And at 82 minutes in every Hallmark movie, you will find the kiss that seals the deal. Time it, you'll find it's right. Ezekiel chapter 37. I want to take us there this morning. Because this passage of scripture speaks to us about where we have been and where we're going. Sometimes we apply it personally, sometimes we apply it to a church, we can apply it to a nation or to the world. And when I read this passage of scripture, it reminds me that you and I have a responsibility to reclaim the promises of God, to speak what God has declared, and then watch what God will do. Ezekiel chapter 37 is a very, very powerful scripture, particularly for the first Sunday of 2021. We look back over the last year and all of us know that it was a year of destruction, the pandemic. But it wasn't just physical lives and there were some lost for sure. But rather we also see it was an opportunity for those who opposed the church of Jesus Christ to target the church of Jesus Christ. I had someone from who used to come here, they don't come here anymore, say, Well, if you go to church, that's the place where COVID is spread more than any other place. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You need to understand that. It's just devil, the devil's tool to keep you out of the house of God. Now, if you have concerns or issues, if you're in that elderly group, if you have other issues, then watch online. I'm okay with that. But don't believe the lie of the devil and make that the cause for staying out of the house of God. I appreciate the fact that we have the technology to broadcast our services live and to reach around the world. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it will never be the same sitting in your living room in your pajamas sipping your coffee as it is when you come into the house of God. There is a power, there is a dynamic, there is a presence that fills God's house and God's people are energized, they are absolutely revolutionized, they are called, they are pushed forward into the harvest when we choose to gather together. So let me challenge you, if you're listening to the lie of the devil, stop it and come back in and worship with the saints. Be a part of what God is doing. But it wasn't just the churches that were targeted. And let me say it again. I said it last week. I'm thankful that our governor said churches are essential. Amen. Thankful I don't live in a state where they think churches are non-essential and religion is pointless and God is dead. Thankful I live here where we understand the priority and the power of the church of Jesus Christ. Did you realize from April to December of last year over 160,000 small businesses were closed, went out of business. It's targeting middle, middle America as well and targeting that portion of our economy. It's amazing to me that after the George Floyd death and all the riots that occurred, the pandemic went away. Did you notice that? Thousands of people rioted in the streets and no one wore a mask, but that was okay. once that quieted down, here we come back with the pandemic. Folks, I don't know if you believe this. I don't know if you agree with this. And that's okay. It's my opinion. And my opinion is not necessarily fact, Jada Harper, all the time. Just most of the time. But it's my opinion that this pandemic has been used as a tool to bring oppression to the people of the world and to cause us to live in a place of fear. And I've come to declare to you today, the spirit of God doesn't bring fear. It breaks fear. It liberates men and women and it allows us to live with a sound mind and courage and a word and a witness in our mouth. Yes, I've known people who've died from The results of COVID, my own sister, who had many other physical ailments as well. And I've known a lot of people who've recovered from COVID. My daughter and son-in-law, some in this very church have recovered. What I'm telling you is it's time in 2021 to get over the fear and move into the presence of God and recognize that God wants you to reclaim every promise in the book and begin living as he decrees and desires. Ezekiel was writing towards the end of the Babylonian captivity. You remember the story in 606 BC, the Babylonians invaded Jerusalem and carried off all the intellectuals, all the promising people back to Babylon. And as that 70 years was coming to a close, Ezekiel appears on the scene and begins prophesying and writing to the nation of Israel. And when you read this prophecy, You see that he's talking about dry bones, places of death and destruction, places that are very disturbing to look at and to witness and to see. Matter of fact, at that point in time and on through the ages of history prior to 1944, 1941, 1932, prior to World War II, the Jews believed that this prophecy was about the restoration of the house of Israel. And indeed it was. But if you talk to a Jew today, they will tell you that Ezekiel chapter 37 was really about the Holocaust. Where six million Jews were slaughtered by a madman. And now we want to rewrite history and pretend it never happened. It happened, folks. It was real. I believe that when we read the scripture, we can apply it to multiple generations, multiple people groups. And even apply it to the church today. Because scriptural principles transcend time, transcend people, and they touch and affect every generation, every people, and every ethnic group. In 1948, Israel was reestablished as a nation. Most of us weren't alive. We didn't remember that or experience that, but we know the history. We know that Israel hadn't been a nation since 606 BC when Babylon destroyed Jerusalem and destroyed Solomon's temple. Yes, the Israelites were returned during the time of Nehemiah and Ezra. Yes, a second temple was built. But that temple too was destroyed in AD 70 by the Romans. Matter of fact, if fast forward a few years in AD 132, a Roman emperor changed the name of the land from Israel to Palestine. And he did it as a slight, as an insult to the Jews. He named their land given to them by God after their greatest enemy. Even though the the Philistines at that time were no longer around. They'd been integrated into the other Arab societies who were not a people. He did it to slam the Jews. But I want you to know when you read the scripture, not only did Ezekiel 37 apply to the Jews returning to Jerusalem after the Babylonian captivity. It not only applied to the Jews after the Holocaust, it applies yet today to the church of Jesus Christ. We're going to see that and see how it works in our lives this morning. When we look at the church today, we have to go to Revelation chapter 2 and 3, where Jesus gave seven messages to seven different churches through John the Apostle. And if I were to choose two of those messages to describe the state of the church today in America and the Western world, they would both be found in chapter three. It would be Sardis, the dead church. They once had the fire of God, but they let it go, they were dead. I'm going to tell you today friend there are thousands of churches who do not have a spark of life or the presence of the spirit of god they're meeting in form paul described them in second timothy when he said they have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof thousands of churches that are dead the other one i would say that would really depict and reflect where we are today is the laodicean church jesus said you're lukewarm You've lost your first love. You need revival. If there's ever a statement that reflects where we're at today, it's that we're lukewarm. We've left our first love. We need revival. We no longer come to church to experience the presence of God. We come to church to be entertained. We come to church to have our ego stroked. We come to church so we have a feel-good moment in our week. Well, I've come to tell you this morning, Jesus Christ is looking for men and women who are tired of playing, tired of messing around, tired of playing church, and want to experience the breath of God, the fire of God, the presence of God flowing into the hearts and in their lives. I'm going to say this, you take it any way you want to take it. I am sick and tired of messing around and playing church. It's time this church got serious about pursuing God with all their heart and with all their mind. I'm absolutely fed up with carnal Christianity. I'm fed up with opinion being more valuable than Scripture. I'm fed up with music being lifted above the presence and the anointing of the Spirit of God. I'm fed up with priorities that are twisted and perverted and out of line with the commands of God. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ, this church in particular, to hit our knees one more time and say, God, if you don't send the fire, we're not coming back. Oh, I love the way you're shouting now. That's where it's at, folks. That's where the rubber meets the road. If we don't get serious enough with God where we say, if you don't send the fire, I'm not coming back in those doors, God is going to let you live in your mediocrity. I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to do that. I will not be a part of that. I can't say it any plainer, any straighter than that. It's time for the church to get a hold of what God wants to do, to recognize we are living in the last days and move forward in Him. When I read Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter 37, you know what I get from it? This is the lesson I learned. The lesson I learned is that God specializes in taking dead things and dead places, putting them back together and breathing life into them. God specializes in taking dead things and dead places and breathing the spirit of God into them. So what was only a valley of dry bones now becomes a mighty army for the enemy to contend with and for us to take the world for Jesus Christ. You say, oh, my life's beyond hope. It's beyond repair. It's impossible. Stop looking at what you see and start declaring what will be. Stop looking at what you see and start declaring what will be. How do I know what will be? God's given us the promises. He's already made the way. He's just looking for a people who will stand up and say, In this end time, let me be the man, let me be the woman that carries the coils of the Holy Ghost in my heart and brings fire to those around me. In our scripture, and we're going to get to it in just a second, Ezekiel was carried by God in a vision to the valley of Sheba, it was a valley of bones. A valley of sun-bleached bones. I don't know if you understand that. But for a bone to be sun-bleached, it's laid there for years and years and years. I grew up on the plains of Oklahoma. And 120, 30 years ago, 140 years ago, there were herds of buffalo that went through that area. I could take you to places on that farm where I grew up, and I could show you where the buffalo had laid down and wallowed out the sand, called it a buffalo wall. I could take and I could show you sun bleached bones from a dead buffalo that died over 100 years ago. The bones are white, they're almost brittle. With a little bit of pressure, you can break them, they turn to dust and to powder. There was no life in this valley. Nothing but death registered there. It's interesting though, when you read the history behind it, this this place, this valley of Shabbat, was actually referring to a river, a canal that was cut by the Babylonians to run to the Euphrates River. And it was along this canal, this river of Shabbat, that many, many of the Israelites who had been taken into captivity had been settled and lived there. And when I think about all that, think about the Jews coming from Jerusalem, being taken into captivity. Many of them living along this river in this valley, this valley full of dry, dead bones. And then you think, what does that word mean? Shabbat. You know what it means? It means force. It means strength. And when I put that together with this vision, you know what it tells me? It tells me in the middle of my death, in the middle of my failure... In the middle of those things that disturb me, in the middle of the destruction that is around me, God brings a force. God brings a strength to infiltrate and to fill and speak hope and promise into our hearts and into our lives. Oh friend, hear me. Stop looking at what you're seeing and start declaring what he has said. Ezekiel 37.1 from the Amplified Bible. The scripture says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. First thing I want you to notice is that God took Ezekiel to the valley. If you read it from the message, which I'm going to read it for you, I love this translation. It says, God grabbed me. God's spirit took me up and set me down In the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. Ezekiel wasn't there by accident. He was there by divine appointment. This vision came straight from the throne of God. He was ordered by God. Some of you have so resisted your environment, you have missed the force and the strength that God wants to pour into your life. If you would simply submit and say, God put me here. I'm going to see what he wants me to do. I'm going to hear his voice and I'm going to respond to him. Quit trying to resist your environment, but rather let the spirit of God so fill you that you change your environment. Let the Spirit of God so encompass you that you become the influencing factor, the force, the strength that brings righteousness and holiness and peace and godliness into the lives of those around you. Oh, come on, church, that's what you're called to do. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what the scripture tells us very, very clearly. He was there by order of God. And when he got there, all he saw in this vision was dry bones. The entire floor of the valley covered with dry bones. You see, we miss the miraculous works of God because we refuse. If you're writing this down, you're taking notes, you need to write this down. We miss. The miraculous works of God because we refuse to settle down where he's planted us. We hop from one place to the next. We look for one word to another. We're listening to this prophet and then that prophet. Oh, I've come to tell you this morning, it's time to plant your feet. It's time to stand and be a force the enemy has to reckon with in your environments. He was there because God put him there. God has placed you where you're at. You may not like it, but if you'll submit to him, you're going to see his benefit flowing through your life. Why was Ezekiel in the valley? Because that's where God wanted him to be. It's where God needed him to be. I prayed this morning early, Lord, would you raise up some Mordecai's in this house that would talk to some Esther's in this house. Would you raise up some Mordecai's that would say to the Esther's, it is for such a time as this that you have come to the kingdom of God. Maybe I'm that Mordecai. Maybe you're that Esther. I've come to tell you this morning, it's for such a time as this that you have come to the kingdom of God. Stop waiting for another day. Stop longing for another moment. Stop praying for another environment. And stand up where you're at. And let God use you to be a source of salvation and deliverance to those around you. Oh, Holy Ghost, breathe on us. Breathe on us. Breathe on us. Raise up Mordecai's and raise up Esther's in this house. Stop wishing. And start walking stop wishing and start working stop wishing and start moving forward and reclaim everything god has promised to this house so many words spoken in this place so many promises to this place yet we sit with our hounds folded, content we have a beautiful building yeah and five and a half million dollars of debt Church, it's time that 2021 changed the circumstance that we're in to the point that we see God intervene in miraculous ways in this place. Well, the pandemic has taken so many people out. In fact, it has. I've already talked about that, but I'm going to say it again. Stop bowing at the altar of fear and begin bowing at the altar of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will fill you with faith. He will cover you with favor. He will walk with you. He will talk with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You will see miraculous things when you follow him. Ezekiel was there because that's where God wanted him. God had something to show him, to reveal to him. Did you ever think maybe I'm where I'm at and I seem stuck? I'm not moving forward because you're not seeing what God wants you to see. You're not hearing what God wants you to hear. Ezekiel was there because God had a message to convey to him and through him. Maybe you're there because God has a message to convey to you and through you to those around you. It's time to stop looking at what you're seeing and start declaring what he says. Verse 2. He caused me to pass around about them. Speaking of the dry bones. I'm going to put that on the screen. Verse 2, Ezekiel 37. I want them to see this. This is from the Amplified Translation. He caused me to pass around about them. And Behold, there were very many In the Amplified, the parentheses say, human bones. Understand, he's talking about people. Human bones in the open valley or the plain. And behold, they were very dry. And when you read the scripture, the bones weren't just there and dry, but the bones were disconnected. Separated completely apart. Ezekiel didn't see skeletons in the valley. He saw bones in the valley. There's a big difference. There's a huge difference. With a skeleton, you can tell that's a human. But he had to qualify, I saw human bones. Not because he saw their skeletal form, but because God said these are human bones, remains, those that have been destroyed and devastated. In this passage, he didn't discover skeletons. Skeletons, the bones are still together. He saw bones that are disjointed, bones that were separated, bones that were scattered all across that valley. Oh, listen, he didn't see any unity in that valley. Listen to me clearly. You want the Holy Ghost to breathe on you? Then get out of yourself and begin walking in unity with the Spirit of God and those of God, and you will see God breathe on you. But as long as you're sitting there in that position, defending your right to be offended, defending your right to your opinion, you will never see God move in your life. You'll live a disjointed life. You'll live a fractured life. You'll live a broken life. You'll live a separated life. But the moment you say, I'm going to get in unity with God. I'm going to get in unity with his word. I'm going to get in unity with his spirit. Then there, God commands the blessing. There. But it doesn't happen when you're being your own thing and doing your own thing and being yourself. It only happens when you get in unity with the Spirit of God. I don't think I believe that. You say, well, read Psalm 133. I don't have time to prove it to you. It's there. It's a valley full of dry bones. And in this valley of dry, disjointed, separated bones, God asked Ezekiel a question. He's asking the same question today. He's asking you the same question today. He asked Ezekiel a question. Look at verse 3. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, you know. You've looked at areas of your life, and you don't know if life can be there again. God is saying, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, I don't have a clue, but you know, Lord, Lord, you know. Listen to me clearly. Sometimes, It's in the driest places, the difficult places, the disjointed places, the dysfunctional places, the place where there's no unity, the place where there's no life, the place where there's no hope. It's in those places that the voice of the Lord speaks the clearest, and we hear the loudest. Son of man, can these bones live? O Lord, thou knowest. Look at your life. Look at the valleys in your life. Look at the dead bones in your life. God's asking you the same question today. Can those dead bones live? That gift you gave up, that ministry you abandoned, that calling you walked away from, that hope that once resided in your heart. He's saying to you this morning, can these dead bones live? Why is he saying that? Because he wants you to come to the place where you acknowledge, God, it's up to you. If you declare it, it will happen. If you decree it, it will occur. God, it's up to you. You know what can come back to life in my life. You know. Can these bones live? Ezekiel said, oh Lord, you know. You know. He knew that no created power could ever make these bones live again. Only the creator could cause that to occur. I've got to say it. Stop looking at created power to the answer for today's needs. Man can't solve the issues we're dealing with. He only makes it worse. Man cannot resolve COVID-19. He only makes it worse. But God can. Can you say amen? God is able. The creator can. He can do what man cannot do. Can these dead bones live? Lord, you know, can I tell you, life apart from the voice of God is dry, it's barren, it's dusty, it's disjointed. Life apart from God's blessing, life apart from God's life, life apart from God's spirits, makes our burdens heavy. And our situation's dry. This vision illustrates the promise of Ezekiel chapter 36. When you read that chapter, it's a promise of a new nation. It's a promise of Israel restored physically and spiritually. And when I read this chapter today, I have to say, God, can these dead bones live? Can your church live again? Only he knows, but I believe on the basis of his word, life will flow again. Strength will flow again. Healing will flow again. Salvation will flow again. Deliverance will flow again. His people will rise up and he will call them blessed because we choose to obey him. Can these bones live? The dry bones are a picture of the Jews in captivity scattered, and dead. And Ezekiel, imagine with me. God took him to the valley of Shavar, showed him all these dead bones. And then what did he say? He said, I want you to prophesy. I want you to preach to the dead bones. Can you imagine Ezekiel? God, those bones don't hear me. God, those bones don't have life. God, those bones aren't joined together. They're dead, they're sun bleached, they're dry, they're on the point of complete and total destruction. But God said, "Reach to them. Let me ask you a question. God's shouting a message in this room today. Are you listening? Are you hearing what he's saying this morning? Do you know there's some spiritually dead people in the church? There's some dry bones in the church. Now you're meddling, preacher. It's part of my job, sorry. Certain writing the job description. If you Can't get them to respond to the word, then meddle a little bit. That's what it says. Step on their toes. It's okay. You see, there's dead bones in the church. You know who those are? You can identify them. They give when they want to, they come when it's convenient. They worship when they're happy. They're the kind of people that will bless you this week and curse you next week. Dead bones. You say, oh, that's never happened here. You need to get in line and I'll tell you the stories. Seven years I've been called everything but a nice guy in this church. I've never been cussed so much in my life since I've been in Tallahassee. There's some dead bones in the church. And we need God to revive us. How do you know they are? Don't talk to me about coming to Monday night prayer. I'm not interested. I don't believe in discipleship. I don't want to study the word. I'd much rather watch. Oh, here we go. I'd much rather watch Monday night football than come to a Monday night prayer meeting. Dead bones. Dead bones. You see, our attitude reflects our position. Our position. How we view the things of God reflects what we think about the blessing and the presence and the power of God. But at God's command, look at verse 4, Ezekiel cried out. He preached to the dead bones. He said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, oh, somebody needs to hear this this morning. The blessing of God flows through your obedience. It comes no other way. And as I prophesied, there was a thundering noise. And behold, a shaking and trembling and a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. Do you know what that says? It says they made a skeleton again. The foot bone didn't get connected to the skull. It got connected to the shin. Bone to its bone. It came back in right order. What had been absolutely and completely disturbed and distributed and broken apart where there was no unity. Oh, hear me. When he began to prophesy, unity came into that valley. Somebody needs to hear it this morning. You've been struggling with things in your life. It's time for you to obey and speak the word of God over those things. Look like at verse 8. I looked and behold, there are sinews upon the bones. Sinews is an old term for ligaments and tendons. And the flesh came upon them. Skin covered them over. But there was no breath or spirit in them. The skeleton was intact. The ligaments, the tendons were there. The muscles were coming back. But there were just dead bodies at this point. Listen. Too many times. Hear me. Too many times. We come this close. And we stop. We come this close. And we say enough. Enough. We see, oh, look what God has done. It's been amazing. It's marvelous and miraculous. But we don't press in to new life. We're this close, folks. We're this close. Will you agree to press in for new life in this place? Oh, it's not enough just to have skeletons. It's not enough just to have ligaments and tendons covering the bones and holding them together. Look at verse 9. <clears throat> then he said to me, prophesy to the breath and spirit. Son of man, say to the breath and spirit, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath and spirit, breathe upon these slain that they may live. And then look at verse 10. He said, So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath and the spirit came into the bones and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great host. The King James says, a great army. Ezekiel prophesied. There was a noise. There was a shaking. The bones come together, bone to its bone. He heard a rumbling in the valley and a shaking in the land. And then he says, I prophesied to the wind. From the four corners come breath and spirits. And breathe upon them. And when the wind blew upon them. Those skeletons. Those dead bodies. Now put back together. Arose to their feet. With life in their lungs. And they became a mighty army of God. Oh somebody. Will you say breathe on me. Tom come back. Breathe on me. Breathe on me. What happens when God breathes on man. Let me tell you. What happens? Now I'm gonna tell you from the scripture. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. The Bible says this these words when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. They were in unity. The bones had came back together. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house. Where they were sitting and there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire one set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance what happens when the wind blows the fire comes revolution occurs people are filled with the Holy Ghost and light changes at that moment in time what happens when the wind blows when the bl- wind blows the Bible tells me again and again and again in the book of Acts four thirty one. and when they prayed the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness Acts chapter 5 verse 12 and the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among them. And they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. They brought the sick out into the streets, laid them in beds and couches, that the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of those. What happens when the wind blows? the lost are saved the sick are healed the lame begin to walk acts chapter 3 peter and john went into the temple they saw a lame man asking for an offering they said look at us silver and gold we don't have but what we have we're giving it to you right now they took him by the hand and lifted him up and said in the name of jesus rise and walk his feet and his ankle bones receive strength and the bible says he went walking and leaping and praising god and those in the temple saw it was the guy sitting by the gate and they knew he was walking by the power of god are you ready for the breath of the spirit to blow are you ready to cry to the four corners oh come Holy Spirit breathe on me breathe on me because when you do God's going to rock your world and change your life listen to me listen to me online I'm going to get in trouble for this but I got to say it Black Lives Matter will never change your life Antifa will never change your life. Politicians will never improve your life. The only thing that can make change for you and improvement in your life is the voice of the living God and the power of the Holy Ghost falling on you, flowing through you, moving within you. And until that happens, you're going to be nothing but dissatisfied, unhappy, griping, complaining, looking for somebody to blame for your predicament. But when you come into the presence of the living God, you stop sitting as a lame man by the gate and you rise up and there's healing in your limbs and power in your veins and breath in your lungs and the blessing of God flows through you, Oh, church. Stand to your feet this morning.
0: You made it to the end of the message and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sherer Road in Tallahassee a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.